Welcome to the Intern Whisperer Live, the show all about the future of work. Reminder, listeners, you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through Intern Pursuit's Facebook live chat. Coming up on this episode of the Intern Whisperer Live, if you're looking for an internship, you can sign up with Intern Pursuit at www.internpursuit.tech. Our guest on tonight's show is Alexa Carlin. She is the founder and owner of Women Empower X. So how can you find Intern Pursuit? We are on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also find us at our website, internpursuit.tech. Uh, you can play our game. Our game is super fun, third-person tower defense game. You can download it, not an app. It's at internpursuit.games, and you can go to Facebook and Twitter for the game info. And you can listen to us live on Valencia College Radio, yay, Valencia College. And you can watch us live on Facebook.com, follow Interim Pursuit. If you want to call us live on the air, you can do that at 407-582-2906. And you can also chat with us online through Interim Pursuit's live chat. Orlando Devs is a nonprofit organization made up of a community of software developers in Orlando. Whether you love writing code or are just getting started, you are welcome to check out Orlando Devs Meetup to connect with software and IT professionals. Their website is www.orlandodevs.com. Thank you to Orlando Devs for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer Live. So, Intern Pursuit News. Uh, students, if you want to work with any of our great employers or with Intern Pursuit, go to internpursuit.tech to sign up and create your profile. Employers of all sizes and types are invited to be part of our early adopter beta program, and that is launching. Um, you can sign up by the end of this year, and it will be going into effect first of the year. And then, if you want to play our game, again, go to internpursuit.games to check it out. So tonight on our show is Alexa Carlin, and she is the founder and CEO of Women Empower X. And I met her when I went to North Carolina back in October, and what a delightful person. So Alexa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm just really excited about you being here today. So um, I asked Sydney to be able to research you and uh, find out all kinds of stuff, and she's over there making stuff squeak uh, just so our listeners know what's going on. Because they, they can hear it. They want to yeah. know. <laughs> so Sydney, why don't, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Okay. Hey, Alexa. It's Sydney. Let's talk <laughs> about your first take, take of, or taste, I'm sorry, of entrepreneurship when you were designing jewelry for Omni Peace. Had you always wanted to go into the fashion industry before the opportunity? Yeah, so actually, um, there wasn't an opportunity. I kind of created the opportunity. Mm -hmm. I was in high school, and I was in student government, really into leadership, and always had this passion to make a difference. And I was shopping, um, you know, doing some school shopping before uh, my senior year, and I saw this T-shirt that really stuck out to me, and it was... um, the OmniPeace logo. And I read their hang tag and saw how they were building schools in Africa to help these villages become self-sustainable. And I just uh, became really passionate about it and reached out, followed up, followed up, followed up as many times as possible till I finally got a response from the assistant to the founder, set up a conference call and basically sold her on the idea for me to design jewelry for their company. And I became the sole licensee at just 17 years old doing this. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was really just, um, you know, out of uh, a passion and and an interest to make a difference. And uh, I was uh, passionate about the fashion industry. That's initially what I thought I would go into, the business side of it. Um, and so this was kind of my step into that world. And then I took that idea and I, I put it online. I started selling jewelry online and um, was kind of running this whole business out of my dorm room, then going to, to college with it. That's pretty cool. And so what happened to that business? I'm kind of curious. 
So it was, I was a licensee. So I had the license to, to, to use their logo on jewelry. So I came out with a bracelet and we were selling that. And, um, and then first my territory was just the United States. And then I started getting orders from all over the world. And, um, so I expanded my, my contract with them. I then designed uh, a necklace and then basically once I sold out of those products, um, I went on to my own, own business, which was, um, so a blog called hello perfect. So while Omni Peace was a venture and kind of got my start into it, it was still, it was more just this one product that I was designing for this company. And then I donated 15% of proceeds to them. And then, um, I was in college and my interest took to, uh, to hello perfect, which was all to instill confidence in young girls and women. Oh, that is really amazing. And 50%, that's pretty generous. 15, 15%. Oh, 15, okay. That's still, that's very nice. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, so that's an interesting segue. I w do you still sell that? Is that something that you still sell? No, 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 no. So the company has t changed uh, directions. Um, OmniPiece is an L.A.-based company. So um, they're doing some other work. So this was just a stepping stone that actually led me to landing my first internship. Ooh. So the publicist for the company, um, she needed an intern in New York City one summer. She saw the work I was doing as this young entrepreneur, and she asked me to be her intern. And I wasn't really looking for an internship that was traveling because I, I, I was based in South Florida at the time. Um, I, w I was looking to do a lot of people do internships for the summer, um, regarding like going to New York city or some traveling to an internship, the summer going into junior year. Now this was the summer going into, um, or the summer going into senior year. This is the summer going into my junior year of college. So I was 19 years old, got this opportunity and went with it. And it was one of the best experiences and most impactful of my life. And it was just a six week internship, um, but it, it, it really led to me learning so much about myself, about what I wanted in life, and then also making some amazing connections that I still have to this day. Super cool. All right. Um, so go ahead. Lead in with the second question that you have here, Sydney. Okay. So I read an article recently about how millennials can help cut down their student debt and also build wealth through entrepreneurship. So my question for you, Alexa, was how do you feel like being an entrepreneur helped you to navigate the adult world as soon as you graduated from college? So being an entrepreneur teaches you a lot about self-discipline, about managing time, but also about, um, you know, failure in a way when you're, in, when you dive into your own thing, whether it's a side hustle or just really anything you're passionate about, um, it, it takes a lot of effort to grow and it also, um, you know, you put yourself on the line and when you do that, if something doesn't succeed, it, it makes you feel bad, right? It, it causes this self doubt in a way. And with entrepreneurship, you know, you, if you're your own boss, then if you decide to give up, then there's nothing left, right? There's no company left. And I think it, it taught me a lot about perseverance, about resilience, about grit and whatever you pursue in your life, like going down, not just in career wise, but through different journeys, like, um, you know, with relationships, it all comes back to really this idea of, of, not giving up and, um, keep on pushing the needle forward because, um, there's a lot of ups and downs. And while I'd like to say you go through a challenge and then it's all uphill from there as an entrepreneur, you learn that's definitely not the case. And, and that's the same with life. There's always going to be challenges and it's really your job to find the opportunity through that obstacle. I could not agree more with you. I don't know about you, but I think that being an entrepreneur is truly the hardest thing I've ever, ever done because it is a test of your mettle for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It is not easy whatsoever. No. When people talk about I've said this before, but it's like overnight success is 15 years. You know, it doesn't oh, like yeah, that. yeah. Everyone thinks that. It's like, oh, my gosh, this person just, you know, they had an overnight success, but they're 10 years in the making. Like people have said that even to me. They see, 
you know, maybe my age or the growth that we've had in the past four years. And I'm like, well, I started my first business when I was 17. So really I've been doing this for 11 years, but people only see the surface part, um, which also goes to say it doesn't have to take 11 years, but don't compare your step one to someone's step number 10. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. So, um, all right. So in 2013, you had a health scare, uh, something that had happened, not a scare. It was like life and death. And that's really where I heard your story. And I had told, I came back and I told everybody that's in the studio here. I said, no, she, I really want her as a guest. And that's what I told you when I met you, because your story is so inspiring and um, how you how you handled it and how it's really helped push everything forward for you. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners? Yeah. So when I was 21 in college, um, I was, you know, getting ready to celebrate this milestone we hit in my blog and out of nowhere, I was getting sicker and sicker. And, um, what happened was, uh, bacteria got into my bloodstream and my body went into septic shock. I was induced into a medical coma given a 1% chance of living. And this completely changed my entire life um, because even after I was discharged from the hospital, hospital, I was still um, not onto a full recovery. And I ended up being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease um, a sh shortly after this experience, which has impacted my entire life because anyone that understands, um, you know, with chronic illness, it's not something that you can actually overcome. It's something you do have to live with and there are good days and there are bad days. And, um, the main thing is, uh, realizing that things happen for you and not to you, but it's up to you to perceive it that way. And for a long time, I was asking myself, why did this happen to me? Why me at 21 years old? I felt like all my dreams were just taken from me and it was so out of control because it was my health. And as you can see, I've always been a big dreamer. I've always been a passionate person. And now here I am so sick where I could barely leave my apartment. Um, and it was debilitating. It really was on a mindset level and on a physical level. But it's taking me time to get through it, and um, and through that I've learned so much. And again, like the one of the main things is, um, and I think I, I shared this during my keynote that you saw was was about focusing on the things you can control. Um, I can't control the past. I can't control what happened. Um, I can't always control um, how I feel. And it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in your career. You're not going to be able to control if someone hires you, you're not going to be able to control someone's opinion of you, but you can control the actions you take. You can control your perspective, your, the way you, you view life and, um, and the decisions that you make. Yep. That is so true. I know Miranda would say that. I've heard her say those very same things too. Miranda say hi. Hi. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure you agree with everything she said. She's shaking her head, yes. She's real quiet, but normally she's pretty chatty. <laughs> um, all right, so that was one of the things that I remember you um, talking about is, and I think it's a question that comes up a little bit in a couple of questions, but how you saw your body inside, and it was like everything was all black, except you saw this one part of your brain, and it was pink and so you focused on that and it was just like willing yourself back into health yeah so um there's a lot of things I experienced while I was in the intensive care unit and that and that was definitely a big one where I felt like sepsis this bacteria was killing all my organs and so my whole body was black and kind of like rotting away um which it was destroying all my organs um, I didn't know this at the time because I wasn't fully, um, fully there, but I, I did picture my mind to be this pure, healthy pink because I could still understand, like when I woke up out of the coma, I could still understand, um, you know, what people were saying, but I couldn't speak back. And I just, um, remember like the energy that I had, I would use to push this healthy pink color in my mindset down to the rest of my body to try and heal it. Cause I felt that's the only thing I can control. And intuitively 
it's just what I did for survival. I never read about this. I never heard about it anywhere. And I just kept my focus on this light healing pink color to slowly heal the rest of my body. Sorry for staying quiet. I was just taking everything in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so with the next question we have is you mentioned in the intro of the simple gluten-free vegan cookbook that you use your brain power to get to your normal heart rate back in three months instead of the projected six months it would take what power do you think our brains and willpower have to push us through the hardest moments which ties into what you're saying previously yeah so um i think our mindset is everything um you know i wrote that that gluten-free vegan cookbook at a time when i was really stuck inside i was trying to figure out ways to to help heal my body um, I was using food to heal my body at the time. And, um, you know, instead of just viewing it as such a horrible situation I was in, I used the time to write a cookbook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm creating all these healthy recipes to heal my body. I know other people can use them too. And um, I, I was in the kitchen with my mom and um, you know, spending quality time with her. I started taking photos of the meals I was cooking and posting them. And people were like, why don't you write a cookbook? And so I did. And it just comes back to the the point is like, you can allow life to define how you're going to live it, or you can decide to take control of your own life. And um, I just, like I said, in the beginning of this conversation was that there are so many challenges that come throughout your life that you can't possibly forecast. And it's difficult and you don't really know how to handle them because it's a new challenge for you. But the, the main thing that you can control are the thoughts that you think. And I truly believe that that defines so much on how we live our life day to day. And so I would say our mindset really um, is the foundation to everything. Mm -hmm. And keeping probably uh, p positive people around you making sure that's the kind of music that you listen to, what you read, all of those things are part of how you keep that uh, mindset in place, I would think. That's what I yes, do. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I have to do that. And I, I don't know, I, I don't know if you guys all feel that way, you know, everybody in the room, but the, um, sometimes it affects us a little bit later, we, we get impacted with it, where we go, okay, I actually can control nothing, because I'm, I know I usually define myself as a super controlling person that um, has learned how to use their powers for good, but also realize it can't always be my way. And so there's things that are I have zero control over, and it's really just myself. And even still, that's debatable at times, is how I even look at it. Uh, just pretty much saying the same thing as yourself, but you know, a different perspective of how that's perceived. Um, but the ability to realize that you have nothing in control in your life, but just really the, the mentality, I think that's going to be everything that gets you to that next goal. Because I have a couple of people in the room that have very high goals, and you know I think that um, to get there, you need to have a plan. Uh, you need to see it. You need to think about the steps to get to that plan and um, really develop it, whether it's a vision board, I don't know if you use that, or if you write things down, you journal, how, are, how do you keep track of, how do you get from point A to point B to Z, where your goal is, your end goal? Um, yeah, I have a vision board, I have goals that I write down, um, and I'm a big uh, advocate for journaling, so I really do, like I'm the old school paper type of person, where I have so many journals, and I write down um, really all of my thoughts. And, um, I, I recently did because it's the end of the year and there's a lot of different projects I want to focus on in the new year. I recently did this all day brainstorming session and it was kind of looking at that bigger vision, but taking then steps backwards. So you look at the angle you want. And if you start with step one, two, three, four, it's really hard to define what step one is. Cause you're like, all right, I want to be, um, a best-selling author. Step one, uh, write the book. Like, I don't, I, is that the first step? You know, you, you don't, it's hard to figure it out. Or like you want to, um, 
for example, uh, I don't know, publish a podcast. What's that first step that you take? But if you work backwards and really write it out, it's easier to, to figure that out because, for example, the pop podcast idea, um, before you publish, if you're a, before you're a podcaster, you have to get it approved and submit on, say, iTunes and Stitcher and all those those places. And then before you could do that, you have to have a few recordings. Before you do that, you have to get have guests. Before you do that, you have to get equipment. You know, so then it, it's very easy to see at least the main steps to take to reach that end goal. Um, so I always do that um, for every goal is I look at the bigger thing I want to accomplish and then work backwards to create the overarching strategy and then go back in to create the detailed steps and action steps to take. Very good. Very good. So, Sydney? What inspired you to start your Women Empower Expo? And can you explain to our listeners what that is? So, Women Empower X is, uh, we, we, read, we renamed it and rebranded earlier this year to Women Empower X um, because we are, our community is like, this is more than an expo. This is more than a conference. It's like this experience of women connecting and collaborating. Um, and so that's what WEX is all about. So WEX is, is a conference. It's a platform connecting diverse women, um, of all ages, all backgrounds, all industries to really feel empowered with the tools, the knowledge, the resources and community support to take their ideas to the next level. Um, we focus a lot on women in business, women who want to start a business um, or advance in their career. And the way that the, the reason I started uh, WEX, Women in Power X is WEX for short, um, is because I saw such a need for different women to connect. Um, so on one hand, I wanted to speak and share my story and no one gave me the opportunity to do that. So I started creating small events under my blog at the time, which was hello perfect because when no one creates, when no one gives you a stage, you have to create your own. So that's basically what I was doing is forging the path for myself, right? Taking control back over my dreams. And through this experience, I started hosting small events, five people came to my first event, then 15, then 20. And then sooner or later, people in my audience started to um, reach out and ask me to speak at their local events. And it really started to build up this momentum. And the more I got out there, the more I spoke, um, I saw how disconnected women were in different communities. I would speak to only older women, or only millennials, or only women in the PR industry, and so forth. And so that's really where the idea for WEX came about, was to create this platform that connects all women. Because, I mean, just imagine the change we can create when we all come together, share ideas, be vulnerable, authentic, and really help each other grow. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I experienced when I went there. I was amazed at the quality of the speakers that you had up there, the panel um, it was, I, I mean, it was everything that it was supposed to be, and it was really inspiring. Um, what you had, and I thought it was just like its first year. Was that the first year you did it in North Carolina? Uh, that was our first year in Raleigh in North Carolina. Yeah, oh, my God. So, I, yeah, <laughs> I started in 2016 in Fort Lauderdale, um, and then I took it to D.C., and this was our first year launching to a third market. So that was our first event in North Carolina. Uh, it was hard to believe because somebody had told me that. And I went, you've got to be kidding me because you had all of these panels up there. Um, you had really great speakers. It was in the back. There was a, a VIP lounge. There was all of this swag bags that were being handed out. And I went, this can't possibly be a first year event because it was it was so large. And you had it at a convention center over there, too. So I, I was really impressed. I don't know how many people had uh, attended, but it seemed like there was a lot of women attending, too. Yeah, we, we were very happy with uh, the, the feedback that uh, how many people came out to this first year. Because, one, Raleigh is a smaller market than, say, a Washington, D.C., but we had people travel to this event, and it was just so amazing because... We really look to immerse ourselves in the community. I 
I, I mean, my team and myself, we care so much about what we do. And I think that's really important for anyone listening is, you know, you can't please everyone, but you can, you can make sure that you set the right intentions behind what you do. So for example, like when you're an intern, there's going to be things that you mess up on. I remember I had this, I was an intern for InStyle Magazine, and it's kind of going off track, but I'm just going to roll with it because there's a big lesson in this. Um, and I was in charge of sending out all of these like uh, prizes that people won by submitting something into a magazine. And I ended up sending the wrong prize to like thousands of people because they had two sweepstakes going on, and I sent like them opposite. And I was so upset. I went home crying. I was just like, it was, it just does. It's not a good feeling when you mess up, um, at all. And, and it was a, it was a big thing. And, um, you know, people were not happy, but at the end of the day, like that, the only way to grow is to put yourself out there is to take action. And, you know, there, you can't be so hard on yourself because I see a lot of people who mess up in entrepreneurship or they fail or they get rejection letters or they get negative feedback because someone didn't like them or like their talk and then they stop and they quit. And the thing is, is you have to keep going if you really want something. And, and yes, it's very difficult, but when at least you're trying. And what always helps me because putting yourself out there, launching a new market like Raleigh, you never know the feedback you're going to get. And it's been so incredible to see, but there has been times along my journey through all my different ventures and all different jobs that I've held, um, or I've been part of that, you know, you mess up or you don't get the feedback you want. And the thing to remember is your intention behind it. I always have an intention to make a difference, always have an intention to do the best that I can. And if someone has a different opinion on that work, then all I could do is take their feedback and keep on going. And, and I hope that anyone listening to this understands that, you know, you're not alone when bad things happen or things go wrong because it does. That's what life's about. But you, you can't give up because of it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. That's part of why we take those feedback, uh, any feedback that you get from anything that you do as a business. But even personally, this is where I've, I don't know about you, but I, I stress that to the people that are interns with me. It's like, don't take it personal. Just be able to see it as feedback and then learn from it. And don't, don't do that mistake again. Then you move into that next place. If you um, don't spend your emotions on the things that you shouldn't spend emotions on, I guess, is really what it boils down to. It's feedback. It's about self-improvement. It's about improving a process if it's a business and, and being able to see growth. And if you take the emotions out and you focus on um, what the intent is, is to make something better, then it absolutely becomes something that you're proud of. Right, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to... It's easier said than done because, you know, anyone you can relate to this as an entrepreneur. It's like, we care so much about the work we're doing and we put our whole self into it. So it's like so hard to not take things personal because I care so much about every single person that walks through my door, every single person that's in the audience when, during my speeches, like, and then if, or, you know, or the work as an intern to my boss, like you care. So it's like, how do you remove yourself? But Again, like you said, it's it's understanding that it's just feedback and it's not like they're saying you're a bad person or or anything personally. Um, but I do understand how it is easier said than done. Yeah, it does. It takes it takes some practice there to be able to do that. That's a for sure. I agree. Um, from your own life experience, what encouraging advice would you give to a college student that feels like life is going in a way that they didn't expect? And I, I've got four people in the room that are college students, so you can talk to them directly. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So from my own life experience. What encouraging advice it, would you give them? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So the number one thing is right now you have so much opportunity to go after that big dream and goal. And... I, I so encourage you to go after it. Um, of course, make smart decisions, but 
there's going to be a time in your life that you have more, more responsibility and it's a little bit scarier to risk things. But right now there's so much opportunity. You can, you can create whatever you want, like from your phone. Um, and also, and so my first advice is to go after that big, 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 scary dream. The second thing is to really focus on the relationships you're building. Relationships are everything, no matter yes. what you want to achieve, what career, what industry, it does not matter. Really dive into those relationships on a student level who you meet as your peers on, um, on a, a career level, you know, in your, um, your instructors, your, the people that you work with, again, internships you hold really, um, focus on those relationships and what can you do to keep them alive and fostered and, um, and really take this time to build the skill of authentic networking because it will help so much. And I wish that I focused more on that when I was in college. Mm, those are really good pieces of advice. Miranda, what's our next question? Okay. To be a public speaker program sounds like a very generous course to offer. What can people learn about making public speaking a business for themselves? Yeah, so uh, I grew my entire company through public speaking um, and organic social media. But public speaking has been my number one marketing vehicle because as we all know, you know, the the digital landscape is very saturate, saturated. So public speaking is an opportunity to personally connect with a wider audience and also make a difference at the same time as growing your business. So I um, have been professionally speaking since 2014, 2015. Um, and through that, a lot of people have asked me how to do it also to whether they grow their business or make speaking their sole business. And, um, and just a few years ago, I created a, an online program called Be a Public Speaker after really seeing what it takes to get booked and to learn the business side of it. Um, because there are so many different ways to speak, and I think you should really figure that out through, um, you know, practice and, and you know, doing it so it best um, you best express yourself. For example, sometimes... Um, People really like to practice uh, through every every word um, when they're running through a speech, and some people like the bullet points, you know, going through just the main points and then being on the spot. And so all these different ways are great to um, build that skill. But then once you build that skill, how do you actually get booked to speak, whether free or not? And that was the hardest thing that I was having trouble with. Um, and so through my journey, I've learned how to actually get booked as a speaker and how, how much impact it can have in your career. And then on the conference organizer side, we go through thousands of speaker applications through all of our events per year. And I finally learned like really what it takes to stand out in your pitch. And so I created this program after just my, my audience asking just for it and just keep on asking, like, how do I do it? And I really think that more women especially um, should be on stages because there's not enough women um, sharing their story, sharing their journey. Um, and I, I think it's time to really uh, pass over the mic to them. And so that's what this uh, that's why I created it, because I know the power of storytelling. And when you can see a woman up on stage that is sharing vulnerably their journey and now what they do it's like wow if she can do it maybe i can too yeah you know and you raise an interesting question you know because some of these are paid and some of them are unpaid and we do a lot of things in business to me being in business is very much like being an intern honestly because i give a lot of things away for free uh because i i'm looking for that return that would come back in some ways um, I also will go and speak at events, too, until I haven't had a paid one yet, but I look forward to that. Have you had paid ones also? I would presume so. You're, like, excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, so I spoke for free for about a year until I got my first paid gig, which was, like, $500, and I thought it was so huge. Um, and then 
but it was amazing because again, like I love doing this, so I'll do it for free. But of course, you have to be able to support yourself and sustain a business. So, um, so I started speaking more, getting some paid gigs here and there, but nothing ever consistent. And just in the past two to three years, I've been um, able to really grow as a paid professional speaker and travel the country doing it. Um, but that, that still doesn't mean that I don't take unpaid gigs. Um, there's a lot that goes into when you should say yes and when you should say no, unless it's paid. Um, and sometimes even when it's paid, when you should say no. And I go through that cause it's a, it's a more in depth, um, training on, on basically how to negotiate and what makes sense for you and your goals. But for example, tomorrow I am speaking in the morning. Um, I'm the keynote speaker for PRSA um, end of the year meeting, and it's an unpaid gig, but it's in my neighborhood. Um, a friend asked me to do it. Um, I enjoy it. I have nothing, you know, I have nothing else booked on the schedule. Um, I want to meet people in the Raleigh market. So there's all these positives that, you know, and I want to serve this community that now I'm part of because I just recently moved to Raleigh. So there's all these positives that I'm like, yes, I would love to speak. But if someone asked me to do that and travel to, you know, Wisconsin, for example, um, you know, I'm not going to do that because that's going to cost money. It's a lot more time away from family unless it's paid and it makes sense. So um, I think it's, it, it, there's a fine line, but also... I, there's a lot that you should do um, for free if you understand the goals behind it. Just as you said, it's it's like you're an intern as an entrepreneur because you do so much for free. But that that there's a reason to it. Like there, it's producing this ROI that maybe you can't track right away, but it's building your bigger, grander vision. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly, exactly. So we are going to be taking a break here. Uh, real quick. So, Sydney? Starter Studio is a pioneering hub for innovative and tech-enabled entrepreneurs that that empowers and provides resources for entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators to begin, grow, and flourish in Central Florida. They offer open community educational programs, accelerators, funding, and collaborative workspaces. Starter Studio fosters a community serving as a platform for the ideas of the future. Their website is www.starterstudio.org. Thank you, Starter Studio, for being a patron of The Intern Whisperer. So this music was done by Charles Fleming. He's in Arizona. He does this remotely for us, uh, Alexa. And when I was asking him for music that would be for you, this is something he created special just for your show. And it's supposed to be Aww. light and bubbly and full of energy, which is how I described you to him. So hopefully you like the music, <laughs> Thank you. Too. I felt that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's your, it's your um, intro music, and it's your transition music, and then we have it as the outgoing music for tonight. Yeah, so thanks, Charles. We're giving him a little shout-out there, too. All right, so Sydney. Who are your mentors for entrepreneurship and public speaking, if you have any, or who do you look up to and admire for their work-life balance and how they give back to the community? So mentors are so important, but I think a lot of people are hesitant. I know I was in college to either ask someone to mentor them or thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't have someone that I can even ask. Like, how do I find a mentorship? And I want to mention, like, I had so many mentors throughout my career and I still do to this day. And most of them don't know that they're my mentors. Um, it's just people that I... I I look up to it's people that I, I watch their videos. I listen to their podcasts. I read their books. So, um, some of those people, uh, one, for example, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, um, she self-funded her entire company and, um, you know, is this incredible female founder and so authentic. And I really look up to how, um, she presents herself to the public and how she grew in such a, uh, such a, you know, foundational way doing it all herself. And then, um, some other mentors that I look up to, um, 
are uh, Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, um, Mel Robbins. Um, of course, a lot of mine are in the personal development space because that's just something I'm, I'm very, I've always been passionate about and um, I learn a lot from them. And then on top of that, um, I've had different mentors. So one my first internship that I mentioned in New York City, um, my my boss, we worked very close because she ran a boutique PR agency. And so it was really just me and her um, for the whole summer. And um, I still, she's not so much a mentor to me anymore in the sense of like asking for advice, but I still can reach out to her anytime I'm in New York City. I reach out to connect with her over coffee. Um, and she, but she really helped make me um, believe in myself, but also put myself out there. I remember this one, um, you know, one thing she mentioned to me is that you have to be your, your biggest cheerleader. And a lot of people are hesitant to talk about themselves because it could come off more of an egotistical way. But in PR, like you have to do that. And as an entrepreneur, you have to do that because you don't have money for someone else to talk about you. And, um, and so that was one of the biggest things. But even to this day, I just recently connected with someone here in Raleigh and I, she said like she would be happy to mentor me. And, um, and it's just about not being afraid to ask for advice. But again, like I, I think, you know, so many different people could be mentors to you just like, um, just they, like they have been for me on my journey. Yeah. And I have had personally, you know, I feel like mentoring co comes uh, full circle, it, it doesn't always mean that it's somebody that's older than yourself or somebody that's in your industry. It can be at different stages. It's generational. There's a, a new term. It's called reverse mentoring. And it's honestly the people in the room here, you know, like they'll, they'll teach me how to do something that I don't know. So it's continuous learning, and that's really valuable, and it should be something that we realize that we all have um, something we can learn from another person. Oh, yeah, definitely. The last time I connected with... Um, my internship boss. Um, and I thanked her for like being such a impactful mentor to me. She's like, you're a mentor to me. <laughs> and so it really is this now it's, um, you know, providing value to them just as much as they're providing value to you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That, um, yeah, I agree. So the, um, I'm going to field this one over to Miranda. I know I changed the question a little bit because you've already told us that you've done several internships, but the number of them was amazing. So you shared you worked as an intern previously. I believe you said nine internships, you said? Ten. Ten? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's somewhere around that. Um, I feel, I, I, there, was just a, there was a lot to to count. I have to go look back on my, my LinkedIn or my old resumes, but I had a lot of internships. Let's just say that. Yeah. What were they like? And this is not on the question, but were there any favorites? Yeah. So, um, well, one of my favorites was that first internship in New York city that I mentioned because I got to work so closely with the founder of this PR industry because I got to go to all her meetings. I got to work on, um, different events. I got to be on air on television. Like I just really got good hands-on experience versus some internships. You're in a room with a bunch of other interns and they don't really give you the autonomy or the big responsibility that you know that you can either handle or that you want so you can learn. So I think the best internships have been the ones that are with a smaller company that I can really get hands-on experience. And that's the same thing we do for our interns at Wex. We really, you know, view them as part of a, the team and you're just you're as responsible for certain tasks as someone that is, um, you know, working with us full time. Um, and some other internships that, um, so w another internship that was really interesting was on how it turned, how it led to something current in my life was I was an intern at Gainesville fashion week. So it was the fashion week that they put on in the city of Gainesville as I went to UF. So I had internships during the summer in New York city every summer. And I had as many internships virtually and ones on campus. And so, um, this actually, you know, I, like I said, and gave the advice is to create relationships. The person that ran Gainesville fashion week, she re reached out to me earlier this year 
she now works with the Chamber of Commerce, was putting on a leadership event and needed a speaker. And she has been following me since I was 19 years old or 20 years old when I had this internship and thought about to, to work with me. So she hired me to speak, and um, it was this amazing opportunity to go back to my, my alma mater as a paid professional speaker years later. Um, but like I said, I, when I was doing Gainesville Fashion Week, I never imagined myself as a speaker. I was doing it to work in fashion. So you never know um, what the internship will lead to, but I think the most important thing out of every internship is relationships. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The relationship is, is really vital because there's been a, a lot of people that have interned with me and we've become friends. I performed like uh, officiated their weddings for them. Um, it's been really fun to grow the relationship mutually. Like one of them, um, she was with me five years ago. We went and had brunch together this week. We just sat and we talked for the longest time. I, I really like that. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so we are getting close to the end of our show here. Um, tell us what would it look like for somebody to intern with WEX? Because I know you said that you have a lot of them. Do they do all different types of responsibilities? Is it just in the um, marketing and social content? Or do you have event management all the way across? Yeah, good question. We actually just uh, put up on internships.com um, some, some open applications going into spring semester. Um, but, for example, we had an intern um, start this summer, and she's with us for six months that flew in from France. And um, she was on a, a she goes to this uh, to a, a, a business school where they sponsored her to come and do an internship with us. And she got amazing experience. She not only worked on the Raleigh event with us here, but we also flew her out to Fort Lauderdale. She worked um, at the Fort Lauderdale event and she was really in charge of like helping with project management. Um, helping assist with event operations, helping with influencer outreach. Um, going to different events with me, like tomorrow she's going to be going to my speaking gig with me. And I, I always try to, um, any internship with us, if you are, we have virtual ones, but if you are local and live close by to either me or either someone else on our team, I always take, um, them to all my meetings, to different gigs, do to, um, I purchase uh, tickets for them to, to learn with me when I go to educational conferences. Um, but we do look for interns um, for specific things. Like we have marketing, which we'll do, um, whether it's social media or digital marketing um, in different aspects. We have graphic design, we have video, videography, we have event operations. Um, but really all of, the, all of our interns have started in one broad sector of our business. And then we customize it based on their strengths and based on what they're interested in and where they want to grow. Um, because I know how impactful internships have been for me. And so I work really hard to try to um, deliver and, and help them grow in, in the areas that they're interested in. That is perfect. That is perfect. Well, we are at the end of the show here. How can people find you? What's your website? Um, what are the social channels that you would encourage them to sign up and, and follow you? So tell us all of those good details. Yeah, so um, I'm mostly focused on Instagram, um, which is just Alexa Rose Carlin. And you can follow along um, with what we're creating at WEX at Women Empower X, and that's just the letter X. Um, and then also check out what we're doing, just womanempowerx.com. Um, but that's just this, that's our social media handles across the board, Alexa Rose Carlin and woman of power X. And if you have any questions, like I respond to all DMS on my personal account. And, um, and if you're interested in interning with us, we are looking for interns and we have a ton of virtual positions. Our whole team is virtual. Um, and we have a great system to, to make it as collaborative as possible. Um, but you could just shoot me an email at um, just Alexa at womanempowerx.com if you're interested. Very nice. Thank you. So we are going to acknowledge Valencia College. Thank you, Valencia College, for letting us be here. Uh, Q is our station manager, and he makes our life uh, really easy here. 
So, and he gives us uh, tickets sometimes to concerts and other fun things that we can attend. Um, so great atmosphere. Let's do our shout outs. Miranda, you go first. Shout out to Valencia College for letting us use your radio station. Shout out to everyone here, including our guests, and shout out to my friends and family. Very nice, Sydney. Same thing that Miranda said. Shout out to everybody. Okay. Mm. How about you, Alexa? Who are your shout outs for? Oh, well, shout out to you um, to bring me on and to uh, to your show and traveling to Raleigh um, for WEX. Like, it, it means a lot to me and my team um, to to have support from people like yourself. So sh- big shout out to you and you. Um, and then of course everyone part of the team. And then let's see other shout out. Um, I'm gonna shout out my mom for being such a big supporter. And let's give a shout out to Sabina um, Patassin, who was my in- my first internship boss, who I've spoken a lot about during this uh interview so we'll give a shout out to her all right well those were really good shout outs there so my shout outs go to everybody that's in the room to the team that uh did a redesign of our website and our game website also to the software team and then gosh there's like a ton of them uh it just kind of continues um the engineering team and the video guys that are in the studio with us right now. So there's quite a few people that make all of this magic happen, and I'm very grateful for them. And this is this is for my uh, just fun news to share. So this Friday I leave and I go to San, Fr- San Francisco. I'm in uh, NASDAQ's uh, Milestone Maker program, and I'm going to be graduating next week. We get to be on the NASDAQ's uh, opening the stock exchange, so we get to do that. We have two minutes on their TV, and then we also have um, the logo and the picture goes up on the corner of Times Square. So that's real mm. exciting. So we're excited about that. Oh, congrats. Yeah, thanks. So um, I'll share that link with you and, and some other things. So if you'd be so inclined, I'd love uh, a little share there. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, so you can find Interim Pursuit at internpursuit.tech. You can find our phone number on there, and it's info at internpursuit.tech. You can find us on all of the social channels, and our show airs on Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and please write us a review. We always love to get reviews. Um, That's really uh, something that helps us get up there in those SEO rankings. So anybody that's loving our show, give us a review. Anyway, as we are closing out our show, we want to thank you, all of our listeners, that are following our show and that listen to it later on. So good night.